0: But beer
1: on Star start nothing but the
0: party, beer on not taste half as good in the city. Beer on buzz with that hip-hop buzz, but it damn so with a little nitty gritty. Welcome
1: back to the Laying Coin Pod with me and my man Skybox NASCAR and a very special guest. We've had him on before. We're doing the double backs this week that you if you don't listen to any two shows the rest of the year you probably want to listen to these two because nascar prophecy is actually a killer when it comes to betting especially placements top fives top threes i don't think anybody out there does it probably as good as as he does so we uh, welcome you back on the show. We uh, see that you've upgraded your studio in there this off season. Looks like you've been working hard.
0: Yeah, I've been keeping busy, man, trying to have a lot of fun with this this year. Uh, I never expected Twitter to take off like it has for me. It was kind of for fun in the beginning, and then I realized that I enjoy sharing my uh, opinion, right, wrong, or indifferent, you know? And I've met a lot of cool people, so I want to continue with it and take it to the next level and see what happens.
2: Yeah, that video you sent us earlier with your uh, your your new setup—that thing is sweet, dude. I'm looking forward to that. I'm in I'm in my my room, and I know everyone listening can't see it, but uh, behind me is a messy bed, uh, some dirty laundry on the floor, and uh, Dave's got car hoods and couches and a big ass table and just cool shit. So, props to you, Dave. Uh, Off season well spent.
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, Twenty years of uh, crap racing crap. Just put on the wall and I don't know it's, it's, it's a lot of fun I had a lot of fun doing it my son helped me out and we just I decided I was gonna do it right after the end of the season and kind of went all in and my wife was on board with it so uh see what happens it's gonna be so a lot of things so
2: yeah I'm sure
0: I'm yeah. the old guy with technology I never thought I'd get to this point I'm asking a lot of young well, people how to do things and I'm learning.
2: That's fair. I I mean, I'm 26, and I, I was telling Rory, th- this is just... Te- Rory was like, I just know enough to get myself in trouble to start pressing buttons till I break the damn thing, and I'm sitting over here doing the same fucking thing, trying to figure out how to troubleshoot the, the recording software and all this shit. I'm like, it, it, it. technology is not any three of our things, but we're going to figure out a way to get this podcast posted in a timely manner, and, uh, and we're going to have a great time tonight. So, Dave, tell us a little bit about... What else you've been doing this off season. You got a bunch of plans for next year. You're kind of sh- starting to turn this corner a little bit of doing this for fun. I feel like that that light bulb went off for me when Derek was like, Hey, you and Rory would be perfect to do a podcast together. You guys should do it. And I'm like, absolutely not. I am not doing a podcast. I, I'm doing your show on Wednesday nights is far out of outside my element. Um, and then a couple sales pitches later, now I'm, we're on episode 20 and It sounds like the tables have turned. So tell us a little bit about what you have coming up this season. I know Mm -hmm. that gamblers, pit box and all that stuff. Tell us about it.
0: I basically just want to break down what a lot of people don't do, like trucks, Xfinity. And a lot of people focus on the Cup Series. I mean, rightfully so. It's the number one series. But I think uh, a lot of people have a lot to learn in just regular, you know, Friday and Saturday nights every podcast I listen to was focused on Saturday night and Sunday mornings. And I want to focus more on the trucks and Xfinity, the cars that I'm more familiar with than the new car. And I feel like you can make a lot more money. And I did make a lot more money this year on the Xfinity and trucks than I did in the cup series. I think the Xfinity and the trucks are a lot more predictable than the cup series. It's very unpredictable and it's almost like a crapshoot, especially with the new car. So I want to capitalize where I can make money, which I did this year after reflecting I saw where my profit margins came in and the Cup Series, I was about even. The Truck Series, I was probably around 80%. So I want to try to capitalize on that and try to grow where nobody else is, you know, and try to, you know, give people information. I'm not going to tell people what to do, but I want to pump out the information that I think in my head and try to inform people and make everybody more educated and and have fun betting instead of, you know, just betting the bet. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. So you you talked uh, Xfinity and trucks, which Rory and I love Xfinity and trucks, and um, you know we talk a lot about the Cup Series. We fall into that category of of podcasts that talk a lot about Sundays, and rightfully so. But you you bring up a great point. I just pulled up my units. Um, trucks was one, Cup was two, and then Xfinity was third, but it not by a wide margin was Xfinity below Cup. And for the majority of the season, until Kyle Larson absolutely swept Homestead, uh, Xfinity was in that second spot, and I was about even on the Cup series. So, is this something that is going to have more emphasis on Xfinity and trucks, and with a little Cup, or is this going to be, you know, you're going to have show and and tell us about the show? Is it going to be a weekly show? Is it going to be a podcast? Going to be a live show? Talk a little bit about that.
0: I'm not going like to do a podcast basis, you know, unless. The right person, you know, I I would kind of want to do just like a beginning of the week, kind of reflect on the weekend, middle of the week, leading in who I believe is going to have the fastest car or truck leading into the weekend. Uh, kind of like trying to predict who's going to be fast, and then maybe like a a Friday night after practice, do a quick little thing, kind of like what I want to do with you guys on Sunday mornings, but with the trucks, and then the same thing Saturday morning, do a little, uh, Xfinity breakdown of who was fastest in practice. You know who I think is going to be competitive, and then go back to the previous races and break down comparable tracks. Just trying to put out education, man. It's really what it's sure. about, you know. And just trying mm-hmm. to get everybody on the same page as me, and try to show people what where my thought process is basically. That's I can't that's do. What... I can't do that in tweets as much. You know what I mean? Like right. I find yeah. myself trying to express, and I'm like, I'm better at talking as long as my Wi-Fi works. <laughs> and i'll be all right <laughs> well i mean you run it
1: you run well, out of shit I, and then you got go a, and then you got this thread and then you have this thread going and it's just too much shit to type like or either yeah. you send out a pile of tweets and you know they're all all over the place and i mean like you said it, it it's good points that people try to get out out there but i i'm not a big thread person i kind of get to the point where i'm just like "Eh, unless it's really really good i'll quit i'll keep keep going but i'm not you know i'm just you're you're not reading the
2: threads is what you're saying
1: yeah right i'm well you're much more likely if it's gonna play you're much more likely to sit there and finish it unless it's just a bunch of useless nonsense but let's say like somebody's i'm glancing through and i see this thing that might be a little bit interesting and by the time i then got down to like the second thread and i'm off over here somewhere else like all right i'm i gotta do this and i just stop where if i'm listening i got my earbuds in i don't have to stop necessarily i at least let it play through so i mean what what was your percentage in those units up what was it of offshore (laughs) matchups
2: i'd have to go back and look but talladega hitting matt d to win and brett holmes top three single-handedly was like 40 something units so i mean i probably of the 80 that were left uh probably over 50 percent were offshore matchups i mean listen when you give me jake garcia versus um I can't even remember the matchup now, but it was like automatic every week. Oh, Colby Howard versus Jake Garcia. Yeah. I, are you shitting me? Give me a break. I mean, I, I, I'll i play that all the way up to minus 185. I mean, I will play that a big number every single time. And it's not like these offshore matchups or, or these offshore books are going to be listening to our podcast or, <clears throat> you know, looking at our Twitter feeds where whereas – You know, we already know that there's guys from NASCAR and guys that that work in sports books that troll Twitter and look at what we're saying. And that is a real thing that I did not know existed until a few weeks ago. Uh, But that is a real thing. And the offshore that I guess that's one advantage I have living in Florida not living in a legal betting state is I get some of these crazy ass matchups and sometimes odds. Now I'll tell you this, the the outright market and the placement market, I get a little bit worse odds than the domestic (laughs) market. Uh, And so, uh, you know, that's one downfall, but the matchups is just my bread and butter. So Dave, I know you're a placements guy, and you're pretty vocal about that on, on Twitter. And I'm sure you will be on your shows, but how do you feel about matchups and why do you favor placements over matchups?
0: I like matchups, but I don't hate them. It just has to jump off the page at me, you know? That's I don't stay away from them. I do take them. I just don't really publicize it, really. I just, uh, I really like top fives and top threes, you know? I do like outrights as well, but like the truck series, I feel like I can exploit them not knowing that much. You know, a lot of these books aren't informed. I mean, I feel like I get better odds with the truck series, especially midweek. When you you know know who's coming going to be fast leading in, I'll try to exploit lack of knowledge. Where in the Cup Series they're pretty equipped, you know the odds are pretty spot on for the most part, <laughs> except for this year where Kyle Larson was the favorite almost every week.
2: Oh, we were talking about that. We we just recorded our podcast with Chris Worm, and we Kyle Larson was one of the drivers we spotlighted, and he you know throw out Daytona because it doesn't matter. But he goes to Auto Club and wins. Did he have the fastest car? No. But then he, he wins at Auto Club, and then he follows it up with a second place at Vegas. And we're, we're all sitting here like, here we fucking go again, right? Kyle Larson, double-digit win year. And in reality, he went on a stretch of shit races. I mean, and Roy said it last night, shit box stretch. I mean, it was terrible until, like, the summer. Uh, and he finally started going, got it turned around and going.
1: Um, what was
2: Phoenix? Phoenix was what, the fourth race of the year? yeah the third yeah. or fourth race yeah he was
1: running decent there blew up and then after that it was just like fucking bad luck getting caught caught in shit mechanic i mean it you name it it wasn't really that he didn't have speed he spun out a lot like kyle Busch did mm-hmm. not quite as much but it always seemed to happen too like when the air might make it snap or hit a bump at the right time in the air, made it snap. I mean, I remember him spending at Darlington and he had a pretty good car in that first He blew the motor, the race, didn't he? I thought, yeah, because he went backwards when he yeah. spun it, didn't keep it locked and didn't get him going back and, and went backwards. I'm pretty sure that was it. And he – He actually had decent speed. I mean, they just didn't have – nobody really had that dominating speed that you see out of – usually your champion a lot of times has just got that freaking rocket. Like almost every week just bad luck catches him, pit stop at the wrong time. I mean, in a lot of cases, you know, when we're talking about like Harvick seasons, you remember Harvick 14 in that Budweiser car. How many races did you – yeah. How many races do you think that car actually should have won Dave? I'm thinking ten at least that year.
0: Oh, well, he dominated the mile and a half. You know, that's Yeah. I don't think he lo- I don't think he lost on a mile and a half that year.
1: I remember Las Vegas, he uh got caught up in some shit or had to dodge a wreck, I think. Something crazy happened at Las Vegas early in the year and if it if it wasn't for like just something unroutine pit stop bad luck i mean they unloaded it almost every single freaking racetrack as the number one car i mean i'm not even talking about justin on that car that car was just fucking fast it might have been faster than larson's car almost at everywhere as far as like actual unloadable speed and that you're, I don't know if well. I, I'm very curious if we ever get back to that really in this car. I mean, I, that's what I was wondering with you, like trying to put what you said on the earlier podcast about if it happens to start getting back into the team's hands where they can't keep up with these parts as far as just bringing it in and welding it up, if they actually have to fix it in-house and make it in-house to keep up like i think do you think that would be the only way that it might could swing more to your bigger money teams
0: well going back to harvick that year that was the year that they got busted for having the black the back windshield mount breaking and unfortunately the way you win in this sport is innovation or cheating i mean and this car is showing that all these drivers are just as good the crew chiefs are just as good. So if you all give, if you give them all the same car with the same equipment, you're going to have a different winner every week. I mean, that's, this is like the i rock series in the early 2000s. Yeah. I haven't you know?
2: thought about
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, but what's going to happen is you're going to have this situation where there's going to be a change. So are they going to be able to exploit things a little more or do a little more in-house, the more in-house stuff that gets done, the more you're going to have somebody that's going to find a competitive advantage.
2: So is there anything from the last time we had you on, which was right after the season to now that you've learned that has changed your mind or kept, you know, reinforced your thought process about these changes to the next gen car or talk a little bit about what you've learned from November to now?
0: Well, I I know Rodney Childress was talking about, they're having a supply issue and trying to get everything done. I mean, I don't think they're going to really run into problems until they start wrecking cars. So I think at that point it's gonna be all hand on deck and it's gonna be interesting to see what NASCAR allows them to do if they're short on cars. Well, I mean, we
1: already got a big ass problem now, it seems like. I mean, we're we're only talking about people having their Coliseum car, maybe a Daytona five hundred car if they're lucky that they're working on it. It, It's by what I'm hearing on some situations. It it's like stall like just like last year.
0: Well, thankfully I mean, the Coliseum's not a, a big track. So if they can they can put a new body on that car in two days.
1: Right. But you go to
0: Daytona and you destroy a car, cars gonna be jumping.
1: 150 and 500, and now you're sitting there like, What in the hell?
0: Yeah, it's quicksand, mm-hmm. you know. Before you know it, they get I got a feeling some teams are gonna be really conservative at Daytona for that reason. Unless guys, listen, if I was a crew chief, I want there to be a problem. I want there to Would be against the wall where they have to make decisions where teams have to do it, so it's kind of in the team's benefits to be shorthanded and have NASCAR have to make a decision to put the control back to the the teams as much as they can. I mean, it's going to be inevitable. I mean, the way they're doing it, just don't say it, man. Unless they're just going to roll out new cars every week.
2: Yeah. How about the? How about the? So we know that uh, you know these team, the NASCAR Cup teams had to send their cars back or the chassis back. To get the the rear clip, and I, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, there might be a little arrow difference. Are you, are you privy to that? Can you speak on that a little bit?
0: I don't know what the gains will be. I know with, it's all off the nose. I guess they shortened up the nose, which looks terrible, by the way. I can't. St- I, don't, I don't like it at all. I it, saw some
2: iRacing I- guys bitching about how bad it looked. I I have like the
0: Volkswagen bug. <laughs> oh god. I, I look at the nose of that, and that's what I think of. Is that short, little, tiny nose? If it was for visual, visit, uh, visualization, visualization, for them just to see the car in front of them, I think that's crazy.
2: Yeah, and they've talked about the, the visibility issues. Uh, and by the oh. way, Dave, I'm usually the one that fucks up the words, so don't feel so bad. Oh, uh, That's you why got I, the-
1: that, they're sitting lower in this car, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
2: and the 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 rear windows got slits in it. It's tough to see. Obviously, they put a fucking camera in the. Sorry for the f bombs, mom. They put a camera in the cockpit. So, um, you know, it's just. It, I don't know where I was going with this. I, I really don't, but um, I do want to say one thing. About five minutes ago, Rory alluded to Kevin Harvick struggling at Las Vegas in 2014. He finished. No, he 41st. was good there. He was no, good there at Vegas. He was fast. You don't revert. Shit. No, Did don't revert back. back. I you didn't... just threw yourself under the bus. He finished forty-first.
1: Well, I knew that
2: he didn't finish good at uh, Vegas. Yeah, you said he had a problem. Year. How the fuck? How do you know that he had a problem in Vegas? He ran through the
1: grass. I'm pretty sure and fucked the damn front valence so, up. I'll have to check this
2: out. I can't look that up right now, but. Anyway. <laughs> All that, right. Well, Dave, uh, go ahead. No, Dude, go ahead. What?
0: No, I was it was that the race that he got busted for the, the rear window and got the DK'd? I think
1: so. Yeah. And then they still stayed fast the rest of the damn year. I mean, even after that. That that's how dominant that car was that year. I, I mean, didn't Rodney Childers. Yeah, Rodney Childers, mean I mean me Yeah, he uh because I think that was he turned around the following week, if I'm not mistaken. I know it came up soon, but he he fucking probably ran the best damn Southern 500, whatever the hell you want to call the early. I can't remember what it was called, but it was that one. He sat on the pole and led like fucking 300 and some 294, I think, maybe. 238. Like How the fuck, Two, thir- dude? 238. Jesus. This is guy is insane. Of having-
2: he, he just... Pulls it out of his ass. And he's right. I, by the way, the the rear window was in 2018. But that if you're got one thing wrong this whole episode, that'll be okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I know as a gambler, I would rather it end up back in the team's hands. Well, For sure. It's, it's just like, like when
2: you you have a race like Martinsville, and well, I guess that's a bad example. Let's use Homestead when Kyle Larson dominated. If you have a good footing and a good understanding of what teams are excelling at the shop and are going to bring a fast car that plays into the gambler's hands. Unlike what we have now with the next gen car, and it's fucking impossible. It's very God. It, my mom probably thinks that I'm drinking Bush Light, Mom. I'm drinking water, and I don't know where all the f bombs are coming from. But they're out tonight. They're out to play. All right.
1: Hell yeah. Um,
2: but you, you have a good point, Roy.
1: Well, the uh, the thing. God darn it. What was I gonna say? Shit.
2: I'm sorry for cutting you off.
1: It was something it was something that I was gonna add add to you dominated that. at Darlington of led two hundred and thirty-eight uh, laps. Well no, it was something I was gonna add to what you were saying, and I liked it and had like this brain freeze sitting here because you got me cracking up on sorry mom about the f-bombs no i'm not drinking this and now i'm like oh shit first time rory's ever
2: been speechless on this podcast damn it
1: it was something good too
2: (laughs) all right well if you if you think about it just jump back in and interrupt me like i do to you all the time all right Um, so
1: xfinity this past year i probably had i know i had the best season I've ever had in Xfinity and I love that series I'd almost rather watch the damn Xfinity cars than watch any of the other series I mean the even the trucks now they're exciting at some places but they are boring as shit at, at other places like where it used to not be like that I felt like with the trucks was the best series to actually enjoyably watch where it was just this short race on friday night get to put some money down on it to head into the weekend and it was just exciting now it seems like the xfinity series is the action like that series is competitive as hell in my opinion i mean especially you you got the for a gambler's stance you got like this crop of probably six drivers that you know are going to run probably pretty freaking good this week. I mean, almost guaranteed. Now you just got to figure out which one's going to actually win the race. And then every once in a while you have like your Riley Herpses that get on a certain type track. And you can take him top five and, and pull it off. Like it's it, it's a cool cool series because most of the time he is very mispriced coming in. It might adjust the other way after qualifying because he he has a tendency of qualifying good sometimes or being good in practice and the books realize he's in a fast court. It's just a matter of is is he going to be able to take it all the way to the finish line or is he going to wreck it or lose a lap because of spinning early or getting caught up in something? But I, I feel like what do you think the changes in the Xfinity series – as far as the uh, whoops, the suspension got changed in that, if I'm correct.
0: Yeah, they want to eliminate the skew. They don't want cars doing the crab that's... walk in the straightaway and in the corners, which is basically what they did with the cup cars when they first became the car tomorrow. And um, I mean, I don't know how much that's going to change if it's a level playing field. I mean, the cars are still going to race good. They're, they're, you got to remember, they're the cup cars from three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. So you're basically getting the cup races, it's like a throwback. <laughs> I the, love it, right sort of. we,
2: we talk yeah, about but, it all the time about how, God, how fun would it be if they just threw and how much horsepower do they have? They have a lot. They have more than the cup car, seven fifty. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw how good the racing was in the seven fifty package in the in the cup series. I mean, and the Xfinity, and then and then you got the the I think it's carbon fiber, and then you just tap or not more than tap you hit the wall and it bounces cars fine josh barry at las vegas so he slammed that fucking wall I, I just think the xfinity series is so freaking fun to watch i think we can all agree on that um
0: i don't Well, i'll tell you this
2: he owes me some money I, I, right. yeah yeah the but like to rory's point to back him up i, I do agree with you dave but to back rory up like he goes out and finishes third at Martinsville in the second to last race of the year. And cash is a top three at plus 3000. I mean, like you he can win some money for us, but yeah, we bet on him in a matchup versus Ryan Sieg, who does not belong on mile and a half. So no disrespect to Ryan Sieg, Stuart Haas versus Ryan Sieg. I mean, I'm taking Riley Herbst at even money every time. And then Riley just wrecks. Are he speeding or he trapped a lap down? He's got no speed or something just happens. Right. And it just yeah, it's frustrating for all of us that see this gigantic number with this great prepared car. And uh, this leads me into Cole Custer and Riley Herbst. Cole Custer is the odds favorite to win the Xfinity championship. And Riley Herbst is like 60 to one. Tell me how that makes sense. Is that resources that are going? I mean. We saw what Cole Custer did in the 07, and we saw what Custer did in the Xfinity Series when Stuart Haas prepared these cars. Is this a resources thing that's all going to Custer, or do you strictly driving talent?
0: Driving talent.
2: He's just got a monster behind him. I mean, that right? Pays the bills. I was going to say, tell, tell Sid. I was to ready to go in on
0: Riley Herbs. Come on.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, I mean, I did it. I did hit him, probably telling you a couple of times on top. No,
0: five. I see. I can't. I I ended the year profitable on him, so I can't really talk bad about him. But I think I still have issues from from last year. You got to pick your spots
1: with him. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, well, he did. He did get. I think it was eight top fives this year, and I yeah. think I cashed in like three of them. So That's I mean,
1: pretty damn good.
0: I don't hate him. But he still owes me from last year, two years ago. Because Are we still I, talking I, about Herbst, yeah. When Briscoe came in that car, when Briscoe left the car, I was like, "This guy, I don't care how bad he is, he's got to win at least three races, right?" You would think. You would think. <laughs> I think I could have won a race in that car, and I'm terrible.
2: <laughs> did you race? Did you race back yeah. back when? Yeah.
0: Yeah. How yeah.
2: long did you race for?
0: I raced uh, three years in Sportsman and two years in factory stock.
2: Okay. You're working on your all your own cars during that time. Yeah, I build all my own stuff, yeah. That's why I raised myself
0: so I can learn more, you know.
2: Sure. Sure.
0: I I was having a hard time communicating. You know, it's it's one thing for somebody to tell you something, it's another thing to actually feel it. So, I grew a lot doing that.
2: Okay. Questions popped in my head. Like this podcast, I I and I went over with Dave all the questions that I had prepped and we've asked maybe one of them. Um, but I have a hot take, and it might not be a hot take to you, but it's a hot take to a few other people. That Ty Majeski working on his own truck matters.
0: Absolutely, and it he, does.
2: Let's go, baby.
0: He can. He I can relate. Informa-
1: he can relay information back to the crew chief a hell of a lot better than a guy that doesn't know jack shit about a car. I mean, well, okay.
2: So then you got a guy like Kyle Larson who is a superstar in this sport, and he doesn't know a wrench from a socket i mean and he him and cliff daniels make it happen right
0: i mean look at look at ryan priest same thing sure ryan yeah. priest can take that car and put it back together by himself you that's know wild. that's why he got that ride you know he th- it takes you to another level it really does
1: well i mean it's like kevin harvick as good as he's been through all these years kevin harvick knows a fucking race car i could tell Absolutely. that today listening to i listened to stacking pennies earlier today at work because harvick was on there and it was a pretty good damn little episode and some story time and talking back coming up and you could tell he knew he he knows how to build a damn car like he knows what the hell he's talking about
0: and it helps with communication you know there's nothing worse than trying to explain to a crew chief what you want when you don't really know what you want you know yeah I think that's what made Martin Shrek successful, too. He was the same thing. You know, his dad made him be hands-on before he could race anything. Before he got his Bush North ride, his dad made him take the Modified to Wall Stadium by himself and made him do everything. I mean, everything before he would give him anything. And look where he's at. You know, it's not a coincidence. Well, man, it's
1: like your junior junior haters out there. You know, you're always going to have that one crowd. Dale Jr. knows how to damn work on a freaking car. I mean, look at what he, oh, he had to do coming up as far as actually getting his damn hands dirty a little bit. And, uh, you know, old man Earnhardt making him learn. If that's what he wanted to do, then, all right, show me that's what you want to do. Like, I mean, the these cats these days, and, I mean, I guess it kind of started with foot probably like oh, – oh, Jimmy Johnson, I mean, do you think he – knows a whole, he don't know, yeah, he can't communicate. And I think that, I think that's more of his, I think that's more of his comparison with Larson, with Daniels and canals is, is it was a good, good combination that they both could, could understand each other, I guess, so to speak. I mean, it would be almost like Tim Richmond getting up with Harry Hyde back in the eighties it finally you had a crew chief that's like this just badass probably one of the one of the best if not the best crew chiefs in the garage and now he gets to work with this talent and mold him and finally figure out like teaching him almost how to how to drive the correct way and then you can also use your way if if we need to like type of thing and and it it does help, though. I feel like because everybody's not that fortunate to either have the best crew chief in the garage, and I don't know jack shit about the car. I mean, what if you got what if you got this engineer crew chief that hardly, I mean, <laughs> doesn't know the car maybe as well as older crew chiefs used to. I mean, they're I think not saying that they don't know it and haven't been around it, but I think some of them on different degrees like your your next man down like your car chief then he's gonna be, have to be the guy that fucking knows the every nut and bolt and piece on this car and now you're talking about almost some teams have car chiefs that could actually be damn crew chiefs somewhere else but it pays more money from a bigger organization to be a car chief you know well, like tight
0: like prime example like noah gregson and ty gibbs are both coming up to the cup series next year this year it's no coincidence that their crew chiefs are going with them, you know, because that communication and the trust and the knowledge that they've had together is going to translate whether it's a different car. They're still going to be on the same page and that's priceless. That's where I see somebody like Alex Bowman, I think is going to have a rough year without Greg Ives. You know, you're, you're regrowing, you know, it's, it's like starting all over again.
2: So this, this leads me into a question that I Why did. That, what's Ramos. Greg Ives doing moving up? He's retired the organization
0: he's going to take an in-house I think he's going to okay. be Bernie thread canals basically
1: yes I did hear that that's what I was like I forgot all about about that I mean mm-hmm. that that might damn damn I heard the other day on XM that Bowman kind of they're in talks right now and I'm kind of like I can't believe they would sign him before end of the season. Offer him an extension. I mean, it it would have to be everything's good on your concussion side, and then you win at least a race. If he wins a race, he's going to have to win a
2: couple. Well, he's going to have to at least win one early. He's going to have to win a couple, I think, before they extend him. I mean, but let me let me ask you this question, Dave, and you kind of somewhat answered it. How do you and we can use Bowman as an example? Greg Ives leaving, taking the crew chiefs from. Xfinity to Cup, following their drivers. How can you use what you learned working on cars and driving cars and then tr- parlay that into betting on NASCAR? Is that kind of what I'm hearing, the communication between crew chief and driver, et cetera, et cetera?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you can listen, to like I like I told you in the past, I listen to a lot of communication, and, and it speaks volumes. You know, if, if you hear Kyle Busch fighting with his crew chief, you're going to be like, oh, boy, you know, Kyle Bush, he could have the fastest race car and still complain. Yeah. So you just don't know. I mean, but you just got to listen to what he's asking for, basically. And that's something that I just, I can't teach or tell anybody. Like, I just listen to tones or if it's just... The, the one thing I really listen for is somebody who wants a small adjustment. And I hear him tell the crew chief, all right, this is the adjustment I want. And I go, wow, that's really small for practice. So that, that tells me right there that they're fine-tuning and they're not going if they come in and they say, okay, I want four rounds in the right rear. I'm like, okay, that car's junk. Sure. You know, where if somebody's like, Hey, take a half pound out of the right front and we should be okay. I'm like, all right, this guy's got a good car, you know? And these are things that you really can't teach. You got to kind of hear and listen to mannerisms and, yeah. and it's everything.
1: How important. Is I think, uh, I want to, I want to add one thing to him. Yeah, I like that. Um, one of my drivers that I feel like is one of the easiest to tell if his car is going to be good, like straight up good or not so good, is Kevin Kevin Harvick. You can always tell in his interviews a lot of times if you've watched a lot of them after practice or qualifying, if he's confident in that race car, he don't say hardly shit about it. It's just, you know, car's good, blah, blah, blah. Like well, you can tell with him.
0: So ever since sports betting got introduced in NASCAR about four years ago, they had a meeting with the drivers telling them to be less communica- communicate, talk
2: <laughs> <laughs> I pass it on to you. Right, we're <laughs> good.
0: To, they don't want them communicating as much to the press about their cars. They were actually told to be Interesting. quiet. Yes. They were, they were told not to go in there and boast about their car for that exact reason. Because it's not good for the market if Kevin Harvick goes in there and says, good luck today, boys and girls. You know what I mean? Like,
2: Hey, but listen, it's a free market, and it's a fair market, and they can I, listen to it just as well as we can.
0: I heard Austin Dillon say, he said how good his car was. And he goes, well, I'm not supposed to say that. Sorry, guys. And I was like, Oh so Then I started yeah. asking around. That's wild. And they actually had. I say that. Yes. They were told. so, And it, ever since then. It's like mummed the word. They'll, they'll, him and Holly, yeah, I got a good car, decent, you know. Right. Might be good on long run, but look out for so-so. He's the talk of the town. And then this guy comes out of nowhere, you know. Right. So I've been, I used to cue in on pre-race and listen and listen to crew chiefs talk. But then when I heard that, I said, I can't do that no more. So then I started focusing on practice because it's, they're they're very open over them over their radios mm-hmm, opposed mm-hmm. to in the media so that's the yes. most thing i learned
2: yeah chris worm was talking about in our last very episode true. about <clears throat> about how because my question to him was and he he's a guy that's open to uh driver comments he still uses that and so my question to him was how do you filter it how do you filter the mumbo jumbo from the real shit and his answer was you just gotta know the driver. You you you've gotta be around, you've got to hear enough interviews to know, okay, Kevin Harvick's blowing smoke up my ass, or <clears throat> okay, Kevin Harvick, he's got a car. But to your point, that, that's I feel like that's that's all we hear. And and Chris alluded to Carl Edwards. Oh, this Kellogg's 99 Roush car. Oh man, it's bad fast. And he, he practiced best practice time, quality run was like 19th. It's like, OK, Carl, give me a break. But so, uh, OK, are you are you totally you're not totally out on driver comments or crew chief comments, are you?
0: No, but I, I, I take them with a grain of salt. I mean, I do. I do still listen to it, but. it's where I get to use my poker skills a little bit. And I saw it. That's what I was just getting
1: ready to say. It's yeah. like playing poker. <laughs> hey, nah, I like that. that
0: well, that's, let's nice be honest, now. a lot of these guys don't like to be muted. You know, they don't want to feel like they're robots. So you're going to get guys that break through and say, screw it. You know, I'm going to say whatever you want. But a lot of these guys are very secretive lately. If you go back three or four years in pre-race, people are open. Like this thing's a rocket ship on long runs. I don't know. I don't know if anybody can keep up with us. And now you go back and listen this year, a lot of pre-race stuff. They're just ho-hum.
1: Yeah. And now you gotta be on the scanner to hear them actually talking over the radio when that, that's a good, good way to pick up. Like you were saying on, Middle of the race live betting. If you have that option, fully take advantage of that option. I mean, Mark knows I love my live bet. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. I think we all do. I, te- I mean, live betting, you him, can make some serious cash live bet.
1: I texted him that one, one Xfinity race at Michigan. And I was yeah. like, you better fucking take Ty Gibbs right now. I was like, the- and he was he is like, coming through the field. They haven't adjusted him. Like, go look, hit it as fast as soon as you can. I was it was like,
2: like he's winning this race. Ty Gibbs, like, at closed line at the. I can't speak either. His closing line was like three to one or two and a half to one. And live, he was like eight to one. And Roy's like, You have got to get on this right now. And I didn't, of course. And Roy's got this <laughs> gig, gigantic <laughs> ticket cashing on Ty Gibbs at Michigan. All oh, right. One, got, go ahead. Was, go ahead. Sorry.
0: That was the same thing with Tyler Reddick. What was it, the Roval? When he, I was watching it live And I'm like I'd, I'd like to watch the, the NASCAR ticker You know and see the lap times And he he picked up He got in the clean air and picked up like a half a second And I'm like whoa And then he did it the next lap And I went in there he was still 9 to 1 I was like pfft, Sure as shit Once he got clean air after that pit stop he was gone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I I'm a- really intrigued to see how Kyle Bush does on road courses next year with that team. They hit on something, and Kyle Bush is a good road racer. I mean, before last year, he was always up front, and I think he could be a huge contender on road courses this year with that equipment. You
1: know what's funny about that? Worm said the same thing. Yeah, he did. Last so, night. Yeah. So that's two, two people that have both said that, and I've had other people argue with me this offseason about the – transition of is reddick still going to be that dominant and toyota if they don't like pick up a whole hell of a lot coming into this year i mean it's not like they had bad road course racers over there between kyle bush and damn christopher bell both can get it done at least top 10
0: maybe even Wax that field
1: (laughs) exactly
0: he can drive road courses
1: oh hell yeah and i mean they are way off over it over at Toyota right now. I'm not talking a smidgen. Like they need four tires when everybody else is on 20 lap old tires to win. That mm-hmm. was the only thing that happened at the Roval when well, like ha- Bell gets to get new tires and they actually matter at Charlotte.
0: Well, at I have that- to wonder if Joe Gibbs struggles last year in the Cup Series was them putting too much resources to Ty Gibbs car in the Xfinity series. That that car was the number one car in their stable and it's an Xfinity series car. All those resources are now going to go to Cup Series, which is going to help all JGR. And I see JGR Xfinity taking a step backwards this year. Oh no. I mean, what I mean, about my
2: Sammy be- Smith over half a win? Future's I still think bet. they're
0: going to be good. No, they're still okay. there's still light right. for everybody else. But <laughs> But I mean, like, I really do think that car was too much of a focal. Point. Okay. Uh, too, hey, you're at
1: you're at too much of a focal point.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll just put commercials in there. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll put a
0: bleep. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. So, okay, I see what you're saying. I, I think you have a good point. Um, let's. Let, so I have a substantial wager on Sammy Smith to win one race. It, the line is a half of a win. So if he wins one, I cash. I have the over. How do you feel about the futures market? Do you, do you bet championship guys or do you bet win totals? Uh, do you bet guys to make the playoffs? How do you treat the futures market before the season?
0: I don't really like locking in my money long term like that. I think I, if the odds are staggering, like, you know, like last year with Ross Chastain opening 80 to one for a championship, if it's something like that, I'll do it, but I won't do 10 to one. You know, I just don't see any value in locking that money up long-term when I can use it.
2: It's fair. You know, are you a, are you a mid mid season live guy or like, cause I, I'm, I guess where I'm getting at is, What do you do when we get down to Phoenix? Are you just betting the championship guy at two and a half to three to one, three and a half to one?
0: No, I bet Kyle Larson and he sucks.
1: (laughs) We did bet. We all listen. We (laughs) we all lost so
2: much money on Kyle Larson last year, except at Homestead. He, I mean, he won it all back at Homestead for us. When Stage One, winning the race, winning all the matchups, but. My God, what shitty stretch of races where he was the favorite. I mean, he was the guy. I mean, he, he, he won auto club and finished second in Vegas. And we're going to, here we go, good. So I would love I see to see the s-
0: numbers. I would love to see the numbers that the sportsbooks made on Kyle Larson this year. Oh, that, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be staggering. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Mm-hmm. I know
1: I lost some on him. Got a decent amount of it back at fucking Homestead. But
2: all right, let's roll in some drivers here. We're getting. Yeah. This is going to be a three-hour show if we don't start rolling into some drivers. Jesus. We're
1: having – we have too much fun one day. We do have some up. fun. Dave, you're, you're <laughs>
2: spitting out some great stuff, so we appreciate it. All right. Um, let's start with none other than a guy that we just finished talking about, and that's Christopher Bell. Last year, 2022, he had three wins, 12 top fives, 20 top 10 finishes. He led 573 laps. He had a 13.81 average finish, which was fourth in the field, and he finished third in the finale at Phoenix. A few highlights. Uh, He started the season similar to Hamlin, which was dog shit. He had a 25.8 average finish in the first five races, Uh, but he quickly turned it around. He had a few top fives in a row. Uh, He won at New Hampshire in the summer. Shout out short flat track guy. Uh, he won twice in the playoffs. Once at the Roval on an incredible strategy call, as Rory was alluding to earlier. He needed 20 lap fresher tires, or Toyotas did in general, to win a race. Uh, and then it, that was to that was to win an in to the next round, and then back up against the wall three weeks later at Martinsville, uh, and held off a dominant Denny Hamlin to win that race. And your uh, man Hanlon got, got, in got it live, got yes, it live while
1: I was there. I walked out to the parking lot. It was like i gotta get this mug in whitney let's go get a couple of beers (laughs) off the back let's even try to get in this place you know (laughs) without i want to see this shit and fortunate enough i got to see ross ross chastain do some crazy shit and hit hit a live ticket that's why i said live betting is king
2: damn right so i thought that and by the way, let's never forget Rory throwing double birds that made it on national television. At-tack, let's yeah. never forget.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Martinsville. Yeah.
2: So I, yeah. I really thought Christopher Bell was going to flourish at Phoenix in the season finale. I mean, we saw we we've seen over the last few years his short flat track excel or his success at short flat tracks uh, has been really good. Uh like I like I said, he won at New Hampshire, he ran very well at Gateway, he won Martinsville um but he didn't have shit at the finale and i really thought i had a substantial amount of money on him uh to win but i think Christopher Bell's a superstar i think he's going to be a superstar i think he is going to win a boatload of races and i understand he's boring he's 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 got a little bit of Chase Elliott in him he's kind of by the books he doesn't he doesn't have this external eccentric personality that some of these guys do that are entertaining but he is damn good at driving a race car, and he's been doing that since the trucks dominated Xfinity and and hitting the ground running in cups. So, his over under win total for 2023 is one and a half. Now, the odds for the over are not favorable, they're minus 150. Um, but I uh, and Dave, I, I'm kind of audible here, but when you made that point about jgr taking resources from xfinity and dedicating it towards cup that's going to elevate the team and i love this one and a half over even more and i know you don't bet you know win totals but talk a little bit about christopher bell and maybe touch on uh if you had to take and i asked chris worm this if you had ten thousand dollars and the only thing you could bet it on was a christopher bell win total what would you take
0: over one and a half yeah yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's the safe bet. I mean, he did really good on flat tracks this year. At uh, New Hampshire, he basically dominated that race. He should have won it last year. Almorello got lucky because the sun was going down. Yeah, I'm over one. If I'd rather one, I'll take.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't we all, right?
0: But uh, yeah, I mean, he's honestly, he's might be the best JGR co- driver now. I mean, Truex has to prove himself. I think he's on his way out. I mean, Danny Hamlin's on his way out. Bell's gonna be the face of that team. Him and Ty Gibbs and them two are gonna have the best cars every week. So yeah, over one and a half I go.
2: Yeah, I I I don't know if it's that I'm a fan of Christopher Bell because I'm more of a fan of Matt Benedetto and Denny Hamlin and Noah Gragson, but I I like betting on Christopher Bell. I think that's the right way to put it. Um, there were stretches last year, and they pull up some races. There were some stretches uh, that he was by far the best uh, JGR car. Fifth, at, th- These are consecutive. Fifth at Darlington, third at Kansas, fourth at Bristol. Uh, so he had three top fives in a row. Um, earlier in the season, he went. Fourth at Dover, sixth at Darlington, fifth at Kansas. I just repeated some of those tracks. Well, oh, no, he did it at the first race and the second race. So there were were stretches where Christopher Bell was by far the best JGR driver, and I expect that to continue. You know, uh, we'll see how Ty Gibbs does. He had, you know, a little less than half a season of starts last year, Um, and we'll see what kind of resources get put towards him, which – Mr. Grandson can't imagine there's there's gonna be a lack Ty, there, but Rory, talk Ty to me about Ty
1: Gibbs. Ty Gibbs is gonna be way better than he was over at twenty three eleven in this car. This car is gonna be fitted for him, like not not knocking twenty three eleven, but it's a new team. They ain't been around that long. Not like not like Gibbs. They don't have they're they're relying on Gibbs's resources of what they give them as an advantage more than anything at this point. I mean, they're just not there. I mean, I seen where Denny Hamlin said even earlier today that he was in negotiation talks. Now we've heard this shit before, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like with, with Kyle and everything. And, yeah, I find it hard to believe that Hamlin doesn't want to be at his shop every day, and driving out the end of his career over there at his place. So maybe I'm maybe I'm off a little bit here. Um, maybe he is gonna you know resign, but I totally agree with Dave here. On Bell's the best driver in that organization, and I I really. I really don't think it's close even really as far as talent wise. I I think he has more talent than Hamlin does at his older age right now. And I'm not, I think he has more talent than Denny Hamlin had at, at his age that he is right now. So, I mean, Christopher Bell is on the rise. He, he, he is getting faster and faster each and every week. It seems like, and, Not only is he getting faster, I'm not going to say he wasn't never never just fast, but he's learning how to take care of the car and how to drive the car and how to be a more mature driver now versus, let's say, Bubba Wallace just doesn't seem like to me. I I have a little bit more confidence in Bubba now when I actually do bet on him. Like I really don't feel like any more – that I can't bet on him in a matchup because something he's going to do something stupid. He might do something stupid and cost me my matchup. But at least I can say I do have a little bit of faith in him now. But he's not learning it at a rapid speed. I mean, Bob has been around for quite a while now. He just started really, really young. I mean, and Bell Bell to me has the maturity. And like you said, he's blah and whatever that tells me the guy's not a real big like party animal he's not out here like living up the club scene and doing this and that and he's focused on racing and wants to win he those dirt track guys a lot of times that's how they are i mean really it seems like in my opinion they are your more focused racers they they are damn racers i mean look at chase briscoe he's he's pretty well focused on on what's going on i think he has his heart and soul into it and i mean bell bell to me definitely the over i like this over a hell of a lot better than i like tyler reddick's over one and a half i can tell you that because i have big question marks about us it's like going to a. I mean it's a startup you're bringing a different you're bringing a driver in that hasn't been around that organization seen how things work got to communicate and form a relationship with the crew a trustworthy relationship and like it's gonna take them a little while i think for him to actually show up at the track with some speed in my opinion i mean i could be totally off off on that but that that's my my way of thinking. If I'm going to sit there and take an over-and-under win total of one-and-a-half and I'm going through there and I have my pick of which one am I going to take, Bell or Reddit, definitely do Bell. Please, well, if you
0: – No, I was just going to say, I, I think Bell has to figure something out a mile and a half and super speedways. I mean, he finished, I think, third at Kansas – and that was it. I mean, no, nothing else stood out. But all JGR struggled at mile and a half this year. What was his, his mile
1: time. and a half average like later on in the year versus earlier? Like, I know he just
0: started at Kansas, but but twenty three eleven ran really well at Kansas and Kentucky as well. It so, seemed like he
1: had really fast ass cars towards the end of the year on the mile and a half versus earlier in the year, because I mean, Bubba took out Larson that and took him out too at Vegas.
0: Well, they floated really bad at Phoenix. So I don't know if they were trying something new or.
1: Right. And that the Phoenix thing to me almost seems like, and not so much in the, like I think Truex had a really good car when Larson won the championship. Larson just got out front and clean and, yeah. and just drove the wheels off of it. Truex had the car that day. And like, now it seems like they're really good at your slower mile mile like flat tracks half flats but not on a higher speed one because i mean phoenix you carry a little bit a little bit more speed because it's a little bit bigger track straight away just i don't know it it seems like they were struggling with that versus actual flat track so it was hard to use metrics off of the flat tracks going into phoenix that compared to that, because, I mean, Penske, Penske was fast
2: as shit there. Hey, yeah, they there's were. nobody catching the Fords that day. There's nobody catching the Fords. Nah, and the one Fords guy
1: that, at that at that tight track was actually faster on the longer one. Because look at Gateway. Joey Logano had a freaking rocket at, at Gateway too. Mm-hmm.
0: And speaking
2: of a guy that had a chance to run down the Fords at Phoenix, we'll move on to our next driver. Uh, Mr. Electric of 2022, Mr. Headlines, Mr. Clicks, Mr. Views, the melon man himself, Ross Chastain. He only had two wins, which I, when I saw that, I was like, Oh wow. I, I feel like he won way more than that. I guess he won Coda and Dega. Um, 15 top fives, 21 top tens, led 692 laps. Uh, and he was one of the few guys that bettered his position from starting position to finishing position. He had a 13.25 average finish position, was which is good for second best in the league, uh, which I thought was <clears throat> pretty impressive for a guy like Ross Chastain. He finished second at the finale, or finished in second in points. He finished third behind uh, Mr. Block Job, Ryan Blaney. He he was just doing his job, okay? A um, couple highlights, and we'll start with a low light. He finished dead ass last at Daytona. Uh, he followed that up by going to a backup at Auto Club and wrecking. Uh, and then he went on this crazy run. Third at Vegas, second at Phoenix, second at Atlanta, and then he won Coda in dramatic fashion by using his bumper. Side note, I don't think there's a guy in the Cup Series that uses his bumper more than this guy, Ross Chastain. Um, and he drives like a guy that's fighting for his job, and he has to do what he has to do every week, week in and week out. And I something just clicked in my head, and I just remembered when I was prepping all these stats. I'm like, this guy has raced for a lot of teams, and there's no wonder why he drives like the way he does. Fun fact: he has driven for 23 different teams in the top three series over his career, which. He had the DC solar stuff that he was full time and great equipment in the Xfinity series with Chip Ganassi, get the rug pulled out from under him. Then he gets his next shot in the 42 at Chip Ganassi racing after Larson does his spiel back in 2020 and then Chip Ganassi sells. Right. And then now he's, it, it, it almost seems like he's finally got his footing at track house. Um, and like Dave alluded to earlier, that 80 to one at the beginning of the season was a big old number. And his over-under win total for 2023 is one and a half. And the odds are the same as Christopher Bell. Over minus 150, plus under minus, uh, plus 120. And all I have in my notes here is over, 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 over. <laughs> and I just, I, he had so much speed. He had so many great races. He, I mean, I'm looking at it now, eighth, seventh, fifth, fourth, second, eighth, all in a row in the summertime on all different types of tracks. And, yeah, he used his bumper a couple times, and one of his wins was at Talladega, okay, yada, yada. He showed so much speed, and he was a Ryan Blaney block away from winning the championship last year. So, Rory, you've heard what I think about Ross Chastain. I'm a big, big Ross Mellon Man guy. He's from Florida, too, so how can I hate him? What are your thoughts on old Ross Last I'm year gonna tell
1: you. Year. I'm gonna tell you what, in my opinion, what you what you were saying about on all different types of tracks. I was gonna say, he might be the best driver out there that can actually you could put money on him and he could win any damn given race. I mean, Martinsville was was a fluke. Him getting back up like all the God. way around <laughs> everything because he wasn't very good at Martinsville. I don't think even in the spring time i can't remember what the hell started 27
2: finished fifth which yeah that i don't know what you can take from that race though that race stunk
1: it was boring as hell and like he had to have gotten some kind of track position and just held on to be in fifth i think i don't know anyway there you go fifth at martinsville he can win martinsville then apparently right right place right time or show up with a rocket i mean he's a very talented dude like i can remember watching him coming up as far as like when he won at kansas and smashed the watermelon and all this shit and i'm just like who is this dude well like he, i don't know it I really like him. I like his – I forgot he was over one – like he was one and a half. I would definitely lean over on that if I was going to gonna take that. But you, Mark knows how I feel about that. I feel, Mark's like, God darn, I got another guy on here tonight saying the <laughs> same thing. Nobody likes to tie up money. That, I know. I understand uh, it. That, I get it. That me and, and Worm said the same thing last night, like about tying up the money for that long. And it just – I'm not – not all about that but he uh i think he definitely could improve and if he does any any bit take away take away the darlington hit the i'm pretty sure he hit a hump right there or whatever and it was just wrong time and and car got loose Broke. he was dominant at darlington yeah i I think he might have had something for Laguna. I could be totally wrong, but he had a pretty damn fast-ass car at Darlington. And you take that, and uh, it was a few other races that, that he possibly could could have won. And I think you could look at this guy as being the, the leader in season win total because he's aggressive as hell. Seems like they got their, their stuff together over there at, um track house and that that team's riding high going in going into this season i mean to have the season that they have how could you not have some straight up confidence knowing you got this guy that basically will do anything to win a race and drives hard as hell and and you know they're all behind that i i think he's final four contender again i mean He's definitely going to the final eight unless some very bad just luck stuff happens. There's no way he doesn't make it to the final eight. I mean, he it's too many tracks in the chase that he can actually run really well at and win. And I I definitely think he can win Phoenix. I think if we got a caution at the end of that damn Phoenix race, I think shit would have got interesting. It it, it would have been wreckers or checkers. Because you would have had Two of the damn most people that dump people (laughs) right there at the top. And it would have been good. I was hoping for one because I did have Chastain on a future bet last year for the championship. I think I got him at 25 or something later on. It wasn't the great number it was at the beginning of the year. But now you're talking about a guy that's, what, 10 to 1, 8 to 1? What is he doing? He's right up there to win – win this thing i mean uh i say definitely over one and a half on the season win total makes the final eight and possibly might win the damn championship
2: come on baby dave what do you think about ross chastain
0: i'm gonna go against you both <clears throat> i say okay, under hey
2: your regression
0: yeah i just i really think he's gonna struggle i think he's gonna take a step backwards i think Trackhouse came out the gates ahead of everybody i think they were more prepared with the car and I don't think we see the same struggles that JGR and Hendrick had this year. I think, I think they're working really hard and I could see them breaking out. And I see track has taken a step backwards. You're not going to hold Hendrick down and Joe Gibbs racing down like you did last year. Um, I, I think he'll get a win. You know, he probably should have won coda. I had AJ Amendinger. I'm still not happy with him. Maybe that's why I'm like this, but, um, <laughs> You know, I just think he I think they make a big step backwards.
2: That's fair. I I I'm I'm not opposed to the mindset of regression.
0: <clears throat> I'm really well not. it's not necessarily regression, it's more or less everybody else stepping up. I, okay, I, that's fair. Right. You're I right. could see yeah, right. I'm not I don't see Hendrick struggling like they did this year. I mean, you might not see it that way, but Hendrick went from winning ten races to what how many what they went eight across the board. Eleven. Byron, five,
1: three. They won eleven.
0: Eleven, okay. So that's how yeah. many Larson won last year, right? Larson won ten?
1: He won ten the year before. Can, and Chase Chase added at least a couple.
0: Yeah, I mean that
1: year and Byron hell, that was the year Bowman had three wins. I see and your point. Byron Byron even had, I think, two, and Chase had two. I mean, they won half the schedule, basically.
0: Yeah, and Gibbs had their struggles. Then you're gonna, have, and then you're gonna have Kyle Bush in that team trying to prove something. I think Chastain's gonna be in trouble to get over one and a half. I really do.
2: That's fair. I'm 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 all about it. Give it to me. Um, I don't know if that's gonna sway my opinion. Now, if we get to, you know, late April, early May, and Chastain's been dog shit. Okay, Dave is right, absolutely. Uh, Well, and I got to – okay, I got to rephrase what I'm saying. Not that Chassain may be dog shit, but these other teams that are the cream of the sport are going to rise to the top. I know it's very cliche to say, but um, I guess – can you guys allude to what – and that's another word I've been just throwing out. I've brought it out of my ass. Like, car of tomorrow. Did we see the – and I know that there was probably still – a lot that the teams had in their own hands back then, but do you see some similarities between next gen and car of tomorrow on how these the parody and the teams and the et cetera, et cetera?
0: I can see how they're going backwards. You know, they realize they made mistakes. You can't do a carbon copy car, it just doesn't work. You know, it's not it's not a good product. You know, it's like I the best when the when the best race of the year is a guy that drives against the fence to finish third and advance to the final four. It says a lot about your products. You know what I mean? Like there was no close finishes. Cars were too arrow dependent. You know, track position was huge. Joey Longano won that, won that championship when he qualified on the pole. You know, like mm-hmm. that's not racing, you know, mm-hmm. like you need passing, you need racing, you need side by side. It's becoming too predictable that track positions, everything. And that's not the sport that it was. And that's what the car tomorrow was supposed to get away from, like with the splitter and the diffuser. And I think it just made it worse, to be honest with you. Mm. The
1: good thing about the old, the older car, like the Xfinity car, the last generation, basically cup car. Now, like that thing had either. You had very good speed out the gate or you had a long run car. Like, that that always seemed to take place you would have a guy that was better on the long run that if the race stayed green it made it an interesting race at the end and then a lot of times you had those green white checkers or caution comes out late in the race and you got like a 10 15 lap maybe shootout versus a a full 55 lap run or something like that i mean it it seemed like to me in that car you had two options and then every once in a while you would see a guy hit luckily just straight out the gate. And you always had that have that NASCAR. Like they just nail it and that's just the car that, that weekend. But it, it seemed like to me it was a lot better racing with that car. Just this car has brought on a whole lot more shit show. Damn, anybody can win on any given week weekend almost but that's not necessarily saying that they're going to run good the rest of the year it's just they nailed the setup on this weekend and it makes it available that they are a good driver and their team did well but outside of track house there really wasn't an organization really that showed up on a weekly basis that you were thinking that could possibly win, except at certain places, it seemed like.
0: Well, I think the car tomorrow had more horsepower, too, which makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, that might help.
0: Community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if they gave them a hundred more horsepower, you'd have a lot better racing, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have yeah. more tire wear. You'd have guys hanging it out. I, I remember
1: that, that damn thing. That
0: was... The silly wing My gosh. Yes. I'm so it was
1: horrible.
0: That's the thing I was like fast and furious, you know.
2: The only thing I can the only thing that I can remember from the car of tomorrow, and I really wasn't, I was still a casual fan, um, but I'll never forget it was either the first or second year. I think it was the year where they did like both cars back and forth, like they did a hybrid. And Kyle Busch wins the race at Bristol and then gets out of the car and does his interview and proceeds to tell the entire United States how shitty of a car it is. And it's like, what the, what are we doing here? I mean, we, we just, I mean, this was before the censorship was a thing, right? Drivers could say whatever they wanted. And, and, He's passing the car that he just won in, which was crazy to me. But I, I you guess could
1: tell you could tell all you needed to know straight out of the Kyle Busch interview after he won the race and still <laughs> called the car a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah,
2: literally, I, I think his exact words were, "This thing drives like a dump truck." I think that was his exact words. I mean, and he just won the race and probably made it, you know, a million bucks or whatever.
1: I but, love him. He's a <laughs> so good for the freaking sport
2: he really really is is. love him or hate him (laughs) he really is all right um let's let's roll into our final driver of the offseason that we're gonna hit on none other than the champion uh front row joe oh wait that's joe nevichek i'm gonna say uh slow joe i'm just kidding uh slow yeah joey slogano slowly Yeah, (laughs) Joey Logano had four wins Including the championship finale 11 top fives 17 top tens He led 784 laps Which I thought was a lot more To my eyesight I didn't think he led that much But um, he had a 13.47 average finish Good for third best in the league Uh, And he came out firing last year He won the clash Um, He won Darlington 1 By boot scooting Willie B out of the way he won Gateway in a phenomenal car, but he still had to fend off Kyle Busch. Uh, he won yeah. Vegas in the playoffs to to punch his ticket to the finale. And then, uh, you know, they had three weeks to prepare that car and they ended up winning the championship. And nobody was the, the only car that, in my opinion, that had a chance to beat him was his teammate, Ryan Blaney. And there ain't no way he was going to pass Joey Logano. And like Rory said, if there was a caution there at the end, possibly Ross Chastain could have given him some some mumbo jumbo. But. His over-under is three and a half, and the only reason his over-under is three and a half is because he won the championship last year. And I, We've seen time and time again that these veterans will have these gigantic years, and I'm not saying Joey Logano had a gigantic year last year. He only won four races, but he did win the championship. But we've seen these guys have these monster years and then regress and digress, and whatever the right word is, that's the one I'm trying to say. They they you know, Kevin Harvick goes out and wins ten races the next year he wins zero, right? Kyle Larson goes out and wins ten races and the next year he wins two and or three. And I think that's what's gonna happen to Joey Logano next year. I I the only way that I think that I could eat my words is if Ford just above and beyond blows everybody out of the water and that everybody in the Ford camp is is gonna be a rocket ship, but I'm going to I'm gonna take a hot take. I'm going to take under three and a half wins. Now, it is the favorite. It's minus 140, but um, I took the over on the other two guys at one and a half and minus 150, and I, I just can't muster up enough strength to take Joey Logano to win four races again, especially with the shit show that we're expecting for next year. So, um, side note, I did bet Joey Logano preseason last year to win the championship, but my reasoning was dead ass wrong. I I was great, but I also had Truex, who didn't even make the playoffs. And I had Kevin Harvick, who didn't win a race until late July. Um, So it worked out for me in the end. But my reasoning was, is I thought the veterans were going to be able to get a hold of this car and it'd be fast in this car better and faster than the younger guys were. And so all my futures bets were just on veterans, right? And that turned out to not be the case. Um, But like I said, it worked out for me. So uh, Rory... Thoughts on our champion from last year. By the way, I think he's a great champion. He goes on the Today Show. He does great. He's he's great for our sport. He just got a new hairdo. He looks like a million bucks. And a good champion for our sport.
1: I love Joey Logano. I I've made a lot of money off of Joey Logano,
2: really, and and
1: throughout his career. I mean, I've usually gotten the guy right because he really is fast on certain certain tracks over others, and I don't know if that's something that they more so like concentrate on if it fits his driving style or if it's just one of those things that ends up being all right, we want to focus on tracks and in the chase, different, different places. And then, you know, really concentrate on Phoenix apparently because him and Blaney were easily the class of the field that day. So I said earlier this year, Joey Logano was going to win the championship last year very early on. I was like, this card just seems like to me it has Joey Logano written all over it. He, he's good. He he really is. And he has an awesome-ass crew chief. And that's another thing that I said a couple of years back when they put Logano with Paul Wolf. My, the, the these two paired together could win a lot of championships throughout the years just because I feel like the chase fits him and I feel like he rises to the occasion. He isn't scared of not like he, he's gonna take your ass out if i gotta win this race. I fully believe that and I fully believe that he expects that from other drivers to take place to him and he doesn't bitch a whole lot about stuff like that. In in my opinion, I don't I don't think he gets too too upset when other people are aggressive and, and just judging by good his point. post yeah, post race interviews, I feel like Logano to me is just that type type of dude. That's just like I expect you to race me like I race you, and I race fucking hard. <laughs> I mean, I race to win, and I expect all of you out here to race to win. It is the way that. I look at it. I mean, he's got a lot of that Tony Stewart approach. Aggressive as hell. Like, Tony had a little bit more personality. You know, the the dull but exciting personality, too. He was funny as shit.
2: Hey, we should, just, uh, more... we should just, when we get to Talladega this year, we should just do a figure eight backwards, and that will, that will help all of our issues at Talladega. We'll just do figure eight, and we'll just have them go backwards
1: greatest tony stewart
2: line of all time
1: like twisted metal shit right there (laughs) i don't know you remember playing i I heard someone on the too young for that
2: yeah no i'm way too young for that i heard i did hear someone on the radio the other day this is a while ago probably but they're like have you seen a single wreck in a figure eight race and i'm thinking to myself i don't know if i've ever watched a figure eight race but give me a break I mean, got to be Rex in a figure eight race. Like there ain't no way there's not. Anyway, spotter would be very busy. Yeah, you
1: think?
0: <laughs> car coming, car coming, car coming. Clear.
2: <laughs> Dave, what do you think about uh old Joey Slagano?
0: I think he's the most underrated champion that we've had in a long time. I mean, everybody you know wants to discredit him, but he dominated a lot of the year, a lot of the short tracks, basically. I mean, at Richmond, when he dominated Richmond and didn't win, I said, oh, he's going to be tough at Phoenix. I didn't take my advice. I didn't follow through and bet on him, but that's also the media. I, I For whatever reason, they don't give him the credit he deserves. And me too. I mean, I just, he's just quiet. He's just like, he's always there and he's, he's like a silent killer. And I, I think he'll be right back there again. Does he break three and a half? I'm going to go with no because of, chastain theory the same thing goes you know i think it could spread i could see him getting three but just coming up a little short i'm gonna tell you
1: what anybody priced at the three and a half range that is such a tough tough even two and a
2: half for me two and a half and three and a half are so difficult for me
1: i didn't mean to cut you off but if i didn't say that just then while you were saying that i would have forgotten that like it just that number right there just strikes me as that range to stay the hell away from.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take under three and a half, and uh, it's probably gonna prove me wrong. I just think that Byron's gonna have payback for him. I mean, there's gonna be some tickets that gotta get cashed. Sure, so I could I could see Byron he's, is
1: getting aggressive, I believe.
0: He's coming into his own, and I can see Byron having a great year. Uh, yes. I, like I could see Byron getting three or four wins this year.
1: I'm a big William Byron. Yeah, guy you this are. Year.
0: Him I, and Rudy Frugal are going to finally come into the round. They both get adjusted. Yeah. A lot of growth there.
1: That car is going to be the, fast as shit. That new Raptor car looks good.
2: No, it's fucking gross, dude. No. I oh, See, okay. I, okay, I got to say something. I got to say something. It ain't as good I don't, as
1: the one he one in at Martinsville. No, I that
2: one's that. even more gross. No, dude. Absolutely not. That That car is disgusting. Absolutely not. We can have, we could disagree on this. We don't disagree often on this podcast, but we're gonna disagree. You and that, in that you're I in have in
1: bright bright ass
2: colors. Damn right. We got gym. merchandise coming out, and it's all gonna be neon what, colors. Damn what right. gender,
1: are What gen are you? You. I'm a
2: millennial. Z? No, I'm not you're Gen a Z. I'm a year. I'm a year away from being a Gen Z, but I'm millennial. Get it right. <laughs> Get it right. Uh, okay, uh, I gotta say this. I think I I don't god damn it shut the fuck up (laughs) there it is I, I have this thing against William Byron and I don't know what it is and I think I've lost so much money on him like 2021 he goes out and wins homestead in March it waxes the field and you're like Willie B has arrived he he is he is up there with, you know, he's going to be the top two car at Hendrick. He's going to be a top five car in the field and then dog shit. And then last year he rocks and rolls at Martinsville in a very conveyor belt, boring race. And then where did you go, William? I know he got dumped by Logano, but I don't know. I don't like the paint scheme. I don't like betting on him. And I don't know if it's a sour taste in my mouth. I just don't like the paint scheme. I've lost too much money. I, whatever it is. I just, I have this thing against William Byron and, I don't know what it is.
0: It's like me, at Riley Herbs.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. At least Byron does take it to the finish line. <laughs> That's true, yeah. and, and puts it in victory lane a couple times at least. So I'll give exactly. him that. Yeah,
0: he's actually I mean, won in the cups in in any NASCAR traveling series. I don't think Riley Herbs even won in a street stock anywhere. Or even like a late model. <laughs> nothing. What's the, the nothing.
1: What's, the uh, What's the deal?
2: What's the deal with him? His Warnie. grandfather,
0: his grandfather owned a big chain of supermarkets on the east coast, a uh, west coast, and he owned a casino, and they're like billionaires. Say no more.
2: There you go. Yeah, yeah. You, to, you can just stop, period, right there. He'll be in yeah, the sport I'll for the next, right, 10 years. the next 10 years. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I learned that
0: his grandfather was the first store to put monster in his Supermarkets, and that's where the monster. Let me
2: went. let me uh, uh,
1: let me ask you a big question Do you think he a- actually might have a shot
0: at the four car if I he's got I, enough
2: money? <laughs> if he's got enough money, right? I mean, money I, talks. I would,
0: I would throw this studio in the garbage. <laughs>
2: Alright, you know what? Podcasts <laughs> are over if Riley Herbst gets the four car. Podcasts yeah, done. are I'm over. Out. We're done. I'm, I'm hanging out. up the foul. Hang it
1: up. If he if he gets in that four car over Zane Smith...
0: If Riley Herbst goes out Go this year, wins four or five races in that car, okay, fine. Fair. But if he goes out there yeah. and he does the same thing he's been doing or even wins one race and doesn't make the final four for the championship... And he gets that ride. Say Lavie.
2: Say vie. Who do you think gets the ride? You think it's Zane Smith, or you think they're gonna they're gonna get like a uh, Cole Custer do... doubles back. Oh, fuck. I don't want that. Cole, Cole Custer, Custer wins six races. Really that ride? Custer's <sighs> dad. Custer's dad is in the organization. Money talks. Yeah, but he got demoted. I mean, yeah, I understand that he runs shit. I do understand that, but he is getting demoted to the Xfinity Series. So well, yeah, I guess he could learn for a year. But right?
1: do you think if he's put in that car with, let's say oh, Rodney, Child, Rodney Childers, is it a totally the different to the 41, situ- so. situation and in, in it versus the 41? Well,
0: Gene Haas did not want to demote Custer. He wanted to keep him in the 41. It was Tony Stewart who ultimately made that decision because he had promised a ride to Ryan priest. He was promised the 10 car. well, I think they were afraid to lose Smithfield and they talked Eric into coming back.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: they wanted to keep that money and they, had not, and they couldn't defend keeping Cole Custer in the cup series and holding Ryan priest back. Yeah, so very much. so. If Ryan priest has a good year, which I think he will, I think he's going to have a solid year. Does he win a race? I don't know, but I think Cole Custer, if he wins five races or more, it goes right back into the four car or, yeah, or better yet, Priest goes to four, and then customers yeah, there you back. go.
2: Now, yeah, there you go. I can get behind. All that. right. Well, That's well
1: you still. Well, we still got the ten. Probably gonna Amarillo is probably done. It was probably Amarillo like yeah, by morning. Like I'll come back, and you know, it's gonna be another open ride sitting there.
0: I said they put Haley Deegan in the ten, Riley oh, Herbs geez. in the four, and we called a day. <laughs>
2: Yep, and I will be calling uh, right. it a day on my podcasting career. We'll be seeing you guys.
0: <laughs> but you're
2: definitely right about
1: – Ryan Priest definitely deserves a shot, and I think he doesn't even need to win a race this year. I think he just needs to run good, not tear the car up, and get a get some top fives, get some top tens. We all know he's going to go through stages. They're, they're probably going to struggle because, I mean, that, that organization – ain't on Hendrick's level as far as we're talking about four drivers over here that can actually make the chase. I don't think we're talking about four drivers in their organization that can actually make the chase. I think their goal is to get two in. I would hope that's their goal because I don't see them getting all four of them in unless just luck comes into into play. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I mean, name me a truck race this year that Ryan Priest got into that was in contention. You right. know, it was I mean, automatic had, top five on hell. And then but. even better yet, let's go back, let's go back two years to when two years ago when he was driving an 18 car and a 20 car for Joe Gibbs. Every time he got in those cars he was going to win. I mean look at Trevor Bain this year. Trevor Bayne was competitive, but at no point did you say wow well, he's going to win this race. Yeah, same with Where, Ryan Trucks.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ryan Priest got in that car and he won what homestead and he won at Kentucky with it. I mean the, the guy's got talent. You can't deny that. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a big modified guy, and you know, but
2: I—I would see try. the writing on the wall. You 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 see it, see it. I think one thing that like for me, I'm not a modified guy. I'm I'm born and raised in in Florida. We rarely get the modifieds down here. I have no idea who Ryan. The, the first time that I have heard of Ryan Priest was when he was in the NASCAR mm-hmm. ranks, and and really when I started becoming this avid gambler, fan, podcaster when he was in the 37 or the 47, whatever he was in and he was dog shit. And right there, I feel like that's what, and what have you done for me lately? Well, yes, he's gotten into that truck and he has performed very well. And a couple of years ago, he got a JGR and, and did very well. But when you see him at cup, that's what I think of. I think of him in the 37 and not running well at all. So um, I think this is, this could be a great prediction for you. This could be a great thing you can take a run with is Ryan Priest having a breakout year. I
1: think, over, Ryan, Priest I think Ryan Priest is over, over half.
2: half. Yeah, it'd probably be like, I'm going to guess, at it's least four to one, maybe five to one. Ryan Priest has a win total?
1: Over half, yeah, it's up on season. But what are the Look odds? I Look think he wins long. the
0: race, and I think he makes the playoffs.
1: I do, too. I, I was getting ready to say I think he wins a short track. Or, like Na- or Nashville. I could see him running yeah. – He's a lot like Josh Perry, for...
0: you know, he's a race car driver, you know,
1: gateway. He'll be good at gateway. I have a feeling. Who, who are they saying has the advantage with the front end change right now? Have you heard anybody really say out of the Coda test? any?
0: No, I didn't. I actually went under to look to see if they had any lap times or nothing, but nothing
1: uh, top
0: secret. Well, uh, let me tell you something right now. That was, a, that's a great test for Kyle Bush. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, so they already had an advantage yeah. this year with road courses. And now you're yeah. going to go to that track. <sighs> I would love to hear his insight, but who forward, is
1: over, man. who is over at Childress right now that is the road course specialist? That, I mean, who's, who's brought this over there to them? No idea. Huh. I was just curious, like, if it's somebody or because I mean even did Austin Heybron pretty decent on him. I mean top fifteen no was, no no I,
0: I think it was what it was it Coda where he was almost about to go a lap down and he pulled off the track so he didn't so he didn't ruin it for Redick and they were calling him a hero because he did the right thing he pulled in like one of the exit ramps that he had like a ton of damage oh, Austin Dill's another one it was no good anywhere no I.
2: Yeah, I'm you're not here, Austin hips. Dylan. No. All right, boys. Um, it's been a pleasure. We're we're running up on 90 minutes here, and uh, if you're still listening to this, thank you, because uh, we 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 like to have fun here. We like to uh, you know prep a couple questions, and then just wherever this leads, that's where it goes. And it, I know it puts a tough spot on our guests. So thank you, Dave, for being up to the challenge and uh and coming out here and talking shop with us
0: we're all good i need all the practice i can get talking on these things so
1: rory gets excited when when we get to talking nascar it's like all right i'm down i'm ready damn like, right
2: yeah roy never turns down then, a good time and then well, the the yeah. just gets
1: the spewing and and it's just it, i watched a tim richmond video like last night or the night before was it last night i was watching or the night before last last night yeah yeah last night i turned on youtube when i got off got off with y'all and that old lady comes in and was just like looking and she's like what in the hell are
2: you watching i was like i <laughs> don't know Richmond. yeah that dude could drive he, well we got one month really... to go for
0: some real racing so hang on damn in.
2: right boys damn right oh, all yeah. right uh dave rory successful episode all right boys see you next week later, uh,
1: later.
2: we might.